Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker. I'm an author, producer, two-time Emmy Award winner, and host of That Girl the Podcast. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and stories to help you become that girl or that guy in your life. That Girl the Podcast is based on the romantic comedy That Girl a Novel, which is now available as a podcast to listen to. Listen to each chapter about finding yourself and adulting in LA. Find That Girl a Novel everywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can also find it on Amazon to buy the Kindle or paperback of. For more, find us at thatgirlthepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at thatgirlthepodcast and our Patreon page. Welcome, Angela Prophet, to That Girl the Podcast. I am so excited to have you on. Um, I like to let people introduce themselves and give a brief intro of what they do because I feel like people do it better than I can. So please tell us about yourself. So what we do right now, we basically help time-starved entrepreneurs. We show them how to GSD, which is get shit done. I love that. I love that. When I read that, I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about productivity, right? So we follow four Ps, uh, which are people, processes that are paperless, backed up in the cloud, people, and (laughs) productivity and profitability. And I got where I've gotten today is I'm going into two decades of being an entrepreneur. I started out my journey in healthcare, going to school to be a psychologist, just probably like most of us, where your parents say work hard, go to college, get a job, company. My dad worked the same company for over 30 years. And I tried that. That really wasn't what was fulfilling me. I knew that there was so much more. Oh, Angela, yeah. can you hear me? Let me have you repeat that real fast. Um, yeah. Not the whole thing, just from, um, I went to school to be a psychologist. Um, the connection was yeah. like weird. So let me get gotcha. that just from <laughs> the psychologist part. Yeah. I went to school to be a psychologist and did probably what, you know, again, what most of us did. Go to college, work at the same company. And I knew that there was something more. I wasn't really being fulfilled by just working in healthcare. And I had a side hustle for about 10 years where I did luxury weddings and events really for fun. You and I are and, so similar. Oh my God. <laughs> Why well, just keep going? Just keep going. <laughs> and then I did that for probably since two, in 2010, our town flooded and a lot of my friends right. and vendors lost everything and it all floated away. And that's when they finally started to listen to me about putting stuff in the cloud. <laughs> I learned in healthcare how powerful EMR, which was electronic medical records back in the day, we helped a lot of physicians take their paper charts to online EMR. And I really saw the power of it. So I've always had a paperless company, even from when most people didn't know what Dropbox and Google Drive was. And so it kind of sucked because it took a tragedy for them to actually listen. And so I did that just for fun for a couple years. And then my business manager was like, we need to make a productivity company out of this because there's a lot of businesses, especially in the creative community, where, which I'm a creative, I, I just love to do the fun stuff. Yeah, of <laughs> course. It's not fun to me. <laughs> but I realized that we had to have a foundation of the four P's to make sure that we were actually a real profitable company because Mm -hmm. otherwise I would be working a job and then having this fun side hustle and that it just wasn't going to work with the focus. 
And so over the years, I've learned how to really create that company culture and keep the door open. And so that's what has gotten me to continue to GSD and to help a lot of other companies do it. I think that is amazing. And that's such a huge point is that taking it from a hobby or a side hustle into your actual business. So you work with people all the time that are trying to do this. Um, Start kind of where they're struggling at, what they're doing wrong. What most people struggle with in the beginning is they, they don't know what they don't know. And they, and, and I was this way too. I was a control freak. I'm like, everything has to be done perfect. And so they struggle outsourcing. They struggle trusting others. They struggle building a team. And what most people do, me included in the beginning, we hire people we like. We don't hire people that are not like us. Their brain is wired differently. So they can bring so many things that we need to the table as a business leader and an owner because otherwise we have a bunch of blind spots. So the number one struggle that I see is people really don't have a process of how to onboard the right people. Mm -hmm. And then to take it a step further, they don't even have their own internal and external processes really wrapped up. And so how are you going to train other people to help you until you actually have some of that figured out? So, and I completely hear that. Um, One of the first things I really learned in doing businesses as I was growing as an entrepreneur is to learn a little bit of each process enough to know how to hire the right person to do it better than you can. Um, Is what is your advice for, for entrepreneurs who don't know what they don't know? The first thing I would say is find a psychology methodology that you really like that teaches you about yourself so you can be self-aware. And there's a lot of different psychology methodologies. Like I've gone through, I feel like I've gone through them all. And when I worked in mental health, we used to give these to our patients. And so I really got to see firsthand what people responded to. So there's culture index, there's Myers-Briggs, Enneagram. But what I would encourage you to do is understand how you're perceived first and then understand how your brain doesn't work Mm -hmm. and then find people, which the way that we find people is we have an internship program and they all have to go through the psychology methodology that we use in house because I'm looking for certain things in the company where I want to grow. And I only know that because I have a business manager that pushes me to have a strategy, think ahead. And sometimes after COVID hit, I'm like, it's really hard to think a year ahead because so much can change in a quarter where it's like, okay, we had one thing planned and then that wasn't going to work. So then you really have to ask your audience and listen to your audience. What are they asking for? What do they need? Mm-hmm. People buy what they want, not what they actually need. So you Ooh, can fit that is huge. Yes. I want you to repeat that, please. <laughs> listen to her right now. Say it. People buy what they want. They don't buy what they need. So as a business, we know what people need to do better or to make their business more profitable or more productive. And you can slide that in there, but you have to figure out how to customize the message the way the client needs to hear it. And all that is learned in psychology and all the different methodologies that you can use. So once you know how you're perceived, 
mastering the communication of how to hire those team members. That's why we have an intern program. It's kind of like dating. It's like you try (laughs) it out first because a lot of people, they really are trainable and their brains are wired in a certain way that they thrive. Like there's, there's really, we see it as four different people that all companies need. And so I'm the creative. I'm enough. I don't need any more people, right? right. <laughs> like we're enough <laughs> and we don't need any more ideas. We don't need any no, more distractions. <laughs> no more. But we need the customer service person who has the empathy, who's going to care, who's going to take care, who's going to be a good listener mm-hmm. and then bring the issues or the problems or the challenges to me so I can try to create a solution with, with removing the emotion from it. We need that person. We need the analytical person, the numbers person, the research person who loves to do those things. But like, I would rather like not. (laughs) I mean, I understand it's important. And to be profitable, you need those people. And then we need the the project managers, the type A, the get shit done, the GSDers who are driving all of that, who are driving the communication and the scheduling. Because I don't want to do that. I'm really good at making a list. Yeah. But I'm not good at doing it <laughs> or following up. It's not that I don't mean to. It's just I get distracted. Yeah. So having all four types in your company, that way you're not missing out on any blind spots. I love that because so many young entrepreneurs, regardless of your age, if you are just starting, um, again, you don't know what you don't know. And realizing what your strengths are versus and your weaknesses will help you having much better handle on what you do well. Um, and just making a list of like, okay, this is what I do well. These are my strengths. Also, these are my boundaries. Like as a, as a person, as a entrepreneur, you just need to know what's working for you. Um, I love that you have an internship program. That is super smart. That is a good good idea. (laughs) Um, So I love that you said that people are trainable. I think that's true as well. Once you figure out how they work, it is so much easier to give them what they do well and let them thrive. Um, Okay. So once someone has the right people working for them, um, what about their product? And I know this is probably what you really focus in on a lot with your company and especially with you. Um, When someone has, because you just said, the most brilliant thing. People buy what they want, not what they need. Um, So let's just say you are an entrepreneur and you have created something that you think is just amazing, but you're not getting a lot of feedback or hits or whatnot. I'm sure that's very common. What's going on there? I'm sure there's a lot of things going on there, but this is these are such like simple questions that I think so many entrepreneurs are like, I don't know, I'm trying to do everything right. So the first thing, and again, I'm laughing because I've gone through all this myself, y'all. So when we why you teach doing, it? <laughs> yeah, when we first started doing online classes and online courses, and I was trying to build something that was evergreen, meaning that I could set it, forget it, make money while I sleep, and mm-hmm. everything they told me at the ClickFunnels conference, and it's all right. right. <laughs> it's not effing true, you guys. Gosh, thank you for saying that because. <laughs> There is so much junk out there and all of these get rich quick schemes and make 10 grand a month and like five, six, you know, weeks or something. And I'm like, this is just 
bullshit. Like nobody makes that kind of money when you are first starting. It is a lot of work. So thank you. I hope everyone listening is hearing this because all of those Facebook ads aren't real. Go for it. Oh my God. Keep going. I love you. (laughs) Yeah. So, and it's not like it's completely a lie. Okay. So when I went to a conference, I would say seven or eight years ago, I think I had a friend that was an investor. He was actually a client. I helped him open a venue and he's like, you just work. I opened my calendar in front of him one day to look and I'm a very scheduled person, not by nature, but I know that in order to run a company and to GSD, I have to time block. That's why somebody else does it for me. I follow my calendar. We follow a formula and a process and it works. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you are way too busy and you work way too much and way too hard. He's like, I want to introduce you to do affiliate marketing and passive income mm-hmm. and online courses. And he's like, fly out to LA with me and I'm going to introduce... Y'all, it was like a whole new world. And like <laughs> everybody that got up on stage, I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy that and I'm going to get this. And like they pump you up. And right. it's not that they're lying. It's just that there's a lot of information that they're leaving out because they're at the height yes. of their career. And they are running one funnel that is a million dollar funnel, but they don't tell you. And and I think back then it wasn't, we were not in a culture of transparency yet, which thank God we are more in a culture of transparency, Mm -hmm. but they stand up there and they, they don't tell you like, oh, this took me five effing years and I, and I invested $50,000 and I didn't do this. And so that's why I'm such a huge proponent of saying, so to answer your question, we, us creatives, we build all these things and it's like, oh my God, I needed this. So everybody needs it. And that's not really how it works, you guys. So what's awesome now is building an audience and having transparency if you ask your audience what they want, and if you engage with your audience, pay attention and track the words they are using. There's a ton of data and, and, and analysis. And this is where my analytics person, thank God for them, they do the research, they do the analytics. There's all types of sites out there. Probably one of our favorites is, um, I think it's called like Ask the Public dot com and it gives you all types of data based on the a word that you put in so I can put in the word productivity wow. and it'll yeah. spit out all these things that people are googling real time and so just by yeah so just by using things like that you can very quickly so you got to do your research and creatives we don't think to do that we think since we needed it and we figured something out everybody needs it and that's mm. they do but you've got to You've got to really do your research. And then, and it's not fun. I don't like to research. You can outsource that shit. You can get people on Upwork to do it for you <laughs> if you don't have a team. The, right. And then the other thing is, is have a beta group. And when I had a business mentor tell me that, I'm like, I don't want to give this shit away for free. I yes. keep up with my time. And then I had two girls helping me build all of this. I'm like, I'm 50 grand in. And so he's like, I really think you need to get 10 people, 10 women that are your biggest advocates, your followers. They actually are going to get results because you know they're going to implement. And so I did. And I'm very thankful that I did. And I gave everything for free. And again, I had to change my mindset and shift it a little bit because I was asking them a lot of questions. I wanted their feedback Mm -hmm. and it helped me then go and rebuild 
the course even better. And then we actually change platforms. That's the other thing with online courses and products is I learned all this shit as I went, which (laughs) it's just like, I didn't know that I needed to have Zapier and a third party. And I didn't know that (laughs) Stripe wouldn't integrate with this. And oh, the biggest thing, you guys, two things that that I learned from this whole beta thing is most of the people, and we also hooked our URL up to Google Analytics, which is free. And then we also use an analytics dashboard called Scythe. So it tells you what your people are doing, where they're clicking. We can see everything on the back end, how long you've watched the videos. If you downloaded everything, I don't go and look at it because like I don't have time. But if somebody complains like, oh, I'm not getting this. And it's like, well, you've never started the course. So <laughs> no, you can't have your money back. Like it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And so what I learned is, A, my videos were way too long. So I would just do like one, two-hour video. And so a lot of people said, you know, when I tried to learn about Dropbox and I blocked the time on on my schedule because I teach that, they had to go back and... (laughs) Sorry, the connection got weird one more time. Um, Go back to... God, I don't remember. It was just like a few seconds ago. Just Dropbox. Maybe like... Way before that. Not like way, way before, but... Um, the videos. The like, videos were way too long. So start from... Yeah. yeah, they were like one to two hours long. Start Got it. wherever... You, yeah. Thank you. The videos were way too long. And so they asked me, you know, if you could do five or six 15-minute videos or 20-minute videos. So every time you change subjects, you have a different video. So when I go back to it and refer to it, or better yet hire a new team member and ask my team to go watch it. And I'm like, I love the way you're thinking. Then it's easier for me to find. And so that's the first big thing is just because you're an expert and like I can talk about this stuff in my sleep all day long because I get excited about it. But you've Mm -hmm. got to make your content digestible to people Mm -hmm. when they're purchasing a course. And so I agree with that. That was the first big thing. And then the other thing was user experience. I didn't realize that with Google Analytics and then our in our beta group, most of the people were accessing their courses from their phone, which if I purchase a course, I like to be like on my big Mac. I don't want to watch it on my phone. But just because that's what I do and what I like, that doesn't mean that's how other people digest and consume content. Mm-hmm. So you really have to build your product for the people, not yourself. And so that was the biggest, mm-hmm. like, aha. That So having the beta group and and also, like, letting that guard down of, like, don't be defensive. Like, if you ask for feedback, take it to heart. Thank people for it. And and I would even have some girls that say, like, well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. This, I would I learned so much. I was so thankful that, that you gave this to me for free. And I'm like, but I don't look at it that way. Your time is valuable. I asked you to go through something and then to give me feedback. And so the other thing we did, I had uh, one of my team members set up Zoom interviews and we recorded them all. So it removed me from Mm -hmm. the complete process of getting feedback from people. So smart. People talk to me differently the way they're going to talk to a team member or a third party. You can even hire somebody you know, to do that. There's companies that do it to, to get feedback. 
And then we watch, and we told people up front, they like checked the little box that we could use it for testimonials. That's another thing. You want the testimonials from your beta group and you want the feedback. And it, it really helped us understand and set a better foundation for how we were going to sell. And also listening for those keywords, like people were saying some of the keywords over and over, like the biggest outcome. The biggest aha for me was how to color code my calendar. And, and multiple people kept saying that. So then when we re- rewrote the copy, the sales copy, and there's a difference between creative copy and sales copy mm-hmm. and converting copy. Uh, it's all different. Uh-huh. When we went to write that, we made sure that we used those keywords that people kept saying to make sure that it was resonating like with the audience. So those are just right. some things that we learned. And now we're on, I, I, I update and redo GST Academy every year. Like this is the third year that we've launched it and done it. Right. And every year it gets better and better. Plus the technologies and the tools change. So even if, you know, no one was telling me like everything was perfect, I would still go back and update some of the videos. Yeah. So now when I have to go back and update them, now that they're in shorter chunks, I just have to update like a 15 minute video rather than like the whole video. Oh my so gosh, it helped I can't me even imagine. As well. <laughs> That's yeah. so great. So, so let's helpful. talk about the GSD Academy and it's three years old. Um, what made you want to do this? Well, the real reason is because I was, I would say maybe, again, the, the, around the time that my friend like said, you got to go, you got to be exposed to this other life. Yeah. Um, that year, we worked with over 250 clients, mainly doing events. And my dad got cancer. My sister was diagnosed with ALS. She has four kids. Oh and gosh. I knew that from a family perspective, my family were all really close and we lived pretty close to each other. I knew that I was going to be needed in other areas and I needed to free up my time and my calendar. Right. And I knew after going to one of those conferences <laughs> that there was a better way. There was a better Absolutely. way that I needed to be smarter and how we were going to maintain our revenue and our lifestyles and all the people that I... I never stop and think about like, if I don't sell, it's affecting like 55 plus people's jobs and they work because we supply opportunities and I never stop and think that way. It's just, I was always like, work, 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 like the Rihanna song. (laughs) Right. I love that song. (laughs) Yeah. I knew that I had to do something different. And so you know, God kind of put before me, like, how are you going to spend your time? And when you show up for your dad's treatments and your sister's kids, are you going to actually be present? Are you going to be on the phone? Like, and you're not going to be present. So the next year, I would say the next two years, we started to dabble in affiliate marketing Mm -hmm. and, you know, we, we had some good success with it, but we actually had a five-year plan to say, okay, with events and with all this craziness, like we've got to unravel, we're only going to say yes and do client and take clients that are completely full service that we know that we can control the customer service experience. And it was hard, like, and it was very scary. But after we started to learn how to do all of this with a five-year plan of fully retiring out of me having to be there and more creating online courses, 
Now, I'm there for support. I'm there to answer questions. But nine times out of 10, one of my team members can answer and support people through email. Now we use um, a video platform called Marco Polo Channels. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that people can um, ask me questions anytime, seven days a week, 365. But I will get to them every Wednesday because it's blocked on my calendar. And they know that. They know the expectation of when they're going to get their answers. So it really taught me, you know, how to free up my time. And so that's what I want other entrepreneurs to know, that you can hustle and you can grind and you can have a gazillion clients if that's what you want and grow the biggest company in the world if that's what you want. But there is a better way and there are other alternatives to actually keeping the revenue the same or even more by building strong relationships, building online courses. And I was the idiot, you guys, because the deeper I got into this, we would have four and five funnels running at once. And then I would go to these mastermind meetups and people are like, we just focus on one funnel a year. And once we get it to a million, we'll build another. And I'm like, are you guys like lazy? And But then I I took a step back and I'm like, well, none of our funnels are million dollar funnels. (laughs) We're like, half-assed doing four or five funnels to four or five different audiences. Yeah. So that's the other decision I had to make. We are strictly going to be B2B, hospitality, creative industry, which filters over into just entrepreneurship period. And we're going to focus on one funnel. What people ask for the most is about content creation. You're Mm -hmm. everywhere. How can we wash, rinse, repeat our content? Because the more you litter the internet with your teasing tidbits is what we call them, the more you're going to be able to talk about your online programs, your affiliate deals, whatever. And so you've got to create a strategy out of that. And until I realized that like, oh, okay, we we need to do that. We pulled apart everything but in, And that's what the audience was asking for. But guess what? In order to be successful at doing that, you have to learn the foundation of productivity first. So mm-hmm. I'll teach you how to do that. And I'll take mm-hmm. you through how to do all of that and to do the strategy portion to, to really support your product and affiliate right. marketing. But you have to have a team. You cannot do this shit alone. You have to have <laughs> the people. You have to have the processes, which are... Yeah. The thing is, is like you can hire the right people but if you don't have a software or something to support everything that you're doing, mm-hmm. then and then teach those people how to use it. And just because if I hear one more person say, oh, I'll just hire a millennial and give them a phone and they can they can oh, do it. I'm like, no, people, no generation knows how to make money on the phone until you teach them how to make money on the phone. And that comes with your processes. Mm-hmm. And then the productivity start being productive is having a strategy to get your content out there and then planning ahead, scheduling ahead, and then the profit comes. But you have to have all those other things first. So when I do my tidbits and all my social media content stuff, I talk about what people want to hear because that's what they're asking for. But I also sprinkle in that in GSC Academy, before we even get to the content eight modules. We don't even talk about that until module seven because you've got to know all this other stuff first before you can successfully make a profit at all the other things. So it's like people want 
the end result, but then like you got to put the work in. Absolutely. The other day, one of my students said something to me. I have to find it. It was like a Benjamin Franklin quote that said something about oh, if you don't plan that. ahead, you're setting yourself up for failure. So, oh, here it is. If she said, you remind me of Benjamin Franklin. If you fail to prepare, you are preparing to fail. And I'm like, thank you for sharing that. I'm going to use that now. So like, you've got to plan ahead. Otherwise, like you're going to fail. Absolutely. I think it's so important to have a foundation, a really strong foundation, really, like you said, research, understand what you're working with before you're really like, okay, cool. Now I'm just going to like put a course out and just hope it works out because no, well, also I think too, um, just getting your audience to trust you is so much a part of it. You know, just making sure that you're a real person, you're talking about what they want to hear about, and they're they're just trusting you. And sometimes that just takes time because if you were one thing and now you're another thing, they're all going to be like, wait, wait, I'm confused. How, why should I trust you? Like you, you're now this thing. So, you know, I think it is just kind of a time situation too. And a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the climate that we're dealing with, with the pandemic and so much job loss, everyone is like, oh my gosh, let me pivot. Let me make money right now. And if you really plan on doing something, it does not happen overnight. It takes a lot of time. And that's the other thing that the first few years that we were trying to sell courses, I wasn't focused. My team wasn't focused. We were so busy doing everybody else's shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they didn't have anything left for in in their day. And I would try to do it on the weekends or do it late at night. And so actually when the pandemic started for us and you know, we I bl- I'm like I blink my eyes and I have 17 emails and we just lost a half a million dollars in revenue this year. Great. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, now we all have time like during the day, like Monday through Friday, you know, eight to five, whatever, whatever you want to work to actually focus. Cause a lot of that work kind of went, some of it went away. Mm -hmm. Some people just flat out canceled their contracts. I mean, we were super flexible. Mm -hmm. Some people wanted to move things or push it out and we would see and just, we had to be very flexible. We had some events, corporate clients, they're like, can you build us stuff on like a really cool digital platform, like not Zoom? And so we learned how to do that and did a digital conference, which was amazing, but it's just kind of like a real event. Like it took a good five months to set it up, design it all, execute it, run, do all the run throughs with all the speakers. Um, Huge accomplishment, like in five months to figure out how to do it. So for a good five months, like I wasn't working on anything for myself And so that's some of the things too, is like you really have to block the time on your calendar and show up. How you show up, how much you show up for your audience is what you're going to get into in return. So if you're not being consistent, if you're halfway showing up, if you're, again, not consistent, 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 like don't start your content and don't start your launch for your program until like you have it on your calendar and you can commit to it. And so I actually hired a consultant who put together like a 30-day launch process before we like opened the cart for this year. And this has been like the best because COVID did give us the opportunity to take a step back, focus, 
And like, let's do it the right way. Like I knew all the things and we were doing all the things, but we weren't doing them in a strategic way. And you said the key word a minute ago, people were effing confused because Mm -hmm. we didn't have a consistent 30-day strategy. Like I'm consistent in content. I put content out every day. My team is awesome at making sure every platform is there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes sporadic stuff is okay on a story that's going to disappear in 24 hours. But your content that lives there, like people need to understand like, what the hell do you do? And how Mm -hmm. can you help me? It's Mm -hmm. all about the person through the screen. It's not about you. It's not about how you look. It's not about perfect makeup, ladies. It's all about the knowledge and the message that you can share to to your audience. And so if you lead with that, you will get a lot more people who, going back to what you're saying, like they're going to trust you because they know that you're not blowing smoke up their ass. (laughs) Absolutely. Also, it's so sweet. Um, I love on your Instagram that you are all kinds of cuteness. You are like fully, fully made up. And then you're also like no makeup whatsoever. And I so appreciate that because I try to do that too, mainly because I'm just lazy. Um, It's really just that. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that you do that because it is important to see your full woman, right? You're this woman, you're that woman, and you're this woman. And it's like, these are all different sides of me, but you're getting the real genuine version of me. And I love that you do that. I didn't used to be that way. And I I haven't always been comfortable with that. Like I'm not even going to pretend, but I will say that when social media first came out, because I mean, I'm sure both of us, we had a business before social media existed. Oh yeah. It's amazing. How did we ever make it? (laughs) Right? <laughs> Working our asses off. That's it. Yes, and so good much. communicators. That's how right. we made it. And so, and closing the loop with people. But so when social media started, and at the time, for many years, the guy that I dated, he had a production company. So I had all the best camera equipment. I had Amazing. the best lighting, the best audio engineer, the best editing, the best stylist, the best hair and makeup person, because that is what I thought was needed. Mm -hmm. And I also at the time, because I was so into luxury weddings and events and traveling all around, I sold perfection. What people, people came to us because we, we showed perfect events and perfect weddings and how we made people perfect. Even though in the background shit was on fire, but I never told anybody. (laughs) My my team knew it and and my, my vendors knew it, but we were in the background putting fires out and it's like, oh, shit's going down. And then the client comes to the door and you open the door and you shut it and shit's going down behind. And then you're smiling and you're like, what can I do to help? Everything's fine. Go back. Let's go back and get your makeup. You know, it's just like, (laughs) and that's the part of weddings that I hate where people don't understand the behind the scenes. They're starting to see more and more, but like these stupid TV shows, which, you know, we've probably both been on some of them, but it's like, it's not real life. And like, while I can make your stuff look perfect in the front and just take care of it in the background, like that is okay, but -hmm. that's not how I needed to show up because people couldn't resonate with that. So after seven years of that so fun relationship Mm. and then, you know, like became not so fun and just childish, um, we broke up. And so I'm like, (laughs) well... 
I need to keep doing videos because at the time we were monetizing our videos on that YouTube channel. We should, we don't have that YouTube channel anymore because that wasn't real. I look yeah. like a, a fake Barbie robot doll. I literally had people tell me that. Yeah, and so <laughs> completely changed. And like, I'm like, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be in my robe with my dogs, with my hair on top of my head, with no makeup and just talk and just be yeah. me. And so what if a cuss word comes out of my mouth? I grew up with a dad who said fuck and GD every fifth word because he was an yeah. undercover drug cop. So it's just like when I started to be me, even in the first month, the analytics. And so we started to ask like, oh, you actually watched the video all the way through. Like what changed? They're like, we don't know this side of Angela. We didn't know that you like help care for four kids. We didn't know your dad had cancer. We didn't know. And not that that's anyone's business, but when I started to kind of let people in to like, real life mm-hmm. of like, Hey, I'm not perfect. And yes, I'm, I was a divorced wedding planner at the time. Um, <laughs> when I started to feel comfortable of like talking about it, people were like, Oh my God, you aren't, it's like they had this whole perception Absolutely. of someone of a person, but that yeah. wasn't me. It wasn't me right. at all, but they made it up in their head because that's the persona I put off. Right. And so after I got through all of that, And I'm like, oh, so it's okay not to be so perfect. And then social media started to become more transparent. And people like Jenna Kutcher would be funny and say, look at how this picture is. And then look after I get it out of Lightroom or the editing. You know, so it's like, I still like, I'm not a huge proponent of like all these filters. And I am, I do think good lighting is important. I think audio is important to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to be perfect in your videos. Get on TikTok. I love TikTok. It's probably my favorite thing right now because it's just real. People are being funny. They're screwing up. They're showing their faults. Shit don't have to be perfect. And that's why it is the fastest growing platform because it's not about perfect. It's about being real and being authentic. I just love that we're talking about this because, you know, all of the socials were so glossified, especially Instagram, so glossified. And, you know, it's just had this incredible backlash. And I'm glad that, you know, everyone is is finally just like letting the mask down and being like, all right. Again, it's like, I am just too tired to put my makeup on and I want to make a video. So here you go. And yes, good lighting is important. Um <laughs> I will be editing this little part out, but like my lighting has changed so much as we've started and I'm so annoyed. I'm like editing in my head, like, okay, we'll do this and this. Anyway, um, back to the actual podcast. Um, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm so glad that you are being so transparent and preaching that to people, um, not only to help build trust with your audience, but also to relax just as a person and not feel so much pressure. It doesn't have to be a production, you guys. Like, it really doesn't. (laughs) And so even, like, through the pandemic, we did used to have, like, a studio and a podcast studio. And But it's like, I didn't want all my stuff to stop. I'm like, I'm just going to move it all home upstairs in my loft, and we will do what we can. But, you know, construction goes on. And yesterday, my neighbor accidentally... 
and and like I'm on a hill on both sides, like the front of me and the back of me. And because I like to have a really good view of the city. And um, she slid down and literally hit all of our electrical poles. And so it was like this huge electrical box. And so it's like our electrical box is like turned over. And so she's like, you still have power? Because she came over and like knocked on the door. I'm like, yeah, I still have power. Like I didn't hear anything, nothing blew. And she's like, I'm going to call the cops. I'm like, well, you might want to call the electric company first (laughs) because (laughs) this could be a little dangerous. I'm like, don't move your car. And so all of us still had power, but then like it it has started to flicker, like it'll flicker off and on. And I'm like, thank God I have a hotspot because how am I going to go do these podcasts with Wi-Fi? And so it's like just telling the truth of like life happens, shit happens. Like just tell people and, you know, again, don't make excuses about it. Like I'm not an excuse person, but you know, sometimes if the internet's going in and out, I'm like, I'm going to turn my video off so it'll go faster, or I'm going to go sit closer to my router, or I'll make sure my other three computers are turned off. So I'm just running like one or put my phone on airplane mode to make sure I'm my internet juice is all going to one device. You know, so there's things that we've had to do because of the pandemic, but it's all about mindset and saying like, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep showing up for people because Mm -hmm. people need us, like the leaders in, in business and entrepreneurship, they need us to get through some of these harder times because the ones that don't have the experience and they haven't gone through a pandemic, they haven't gone through a recession, they haven't gone through fires and floods and all these tragedies that have really taught us how to be stronger and how to be better and how to consistently show up for the audiences. I so agree. I think there's, it's so good that you exist and, you know, other leaders exist because you're right. Like we are, we're, we're teaching people of all ages how to make it through a very unprecedented kind of time. And we'll all be so much stronger because of it. And, you know, challenge is exactly what we all need to just be, to rise up, you know, and just be the best that you can be because you don't have a choice. You don't grow when you are on autopilot. Like you don't, you don't grow and you don't become better unless you are putting yourself out there in professional development courses, or if you're getting a consultant or a mentor or someone that can push you, it's not to be your friend. It's not to be nice. It is somebody who is going to get you through those hard times or most importantly, which what I have found that a lot of our clients need, they need a solution for how to deal with hard people and hard Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. And there's some people that even I look at my my own nieces and nephews who their mom hasn't really been able to talk for six years. Um, She can communicate and she can text and, but it's very difficult for her to talk. They can understand her a little bit, but I can just Mm -hmm. tell from a personal development that now my eight, the 18 year old niece who's in college, she really doesn't have the communication skills to have hard conversations with adults about money and about things that she, you know, her dad works all the time and, and her mom can barely talk. And then the nurses, they're there to take care of the sister, not nanny the kids or teach the kids. Y'all, you don't learn this shit in school. So right. if you don't teach your kids, so now like things that, you know, I remember when I was 13 or 14 years old, my dad was telling me, this is what 
you're going to say, this is how you're going to deal with this. They were, my parents were huge Dave Ramsey people. They were teaching me <laughs> about <love> money, <laughs> yeah. how to balance a checkbook. And I'm like, right. just a teenager, can't even drive yet. You know, yeah. but my parents taught me all these foundational things that I knew in the back of my head, not that they were always right, because I did learn when I was about 30, how to use other people's money <laughs> and like <laughs> business partners were not bad and investment and, and being an investor and having investors was not bad. And like, you know, you hear about a, a lot of deals that have gone bad, but there are so many positive things out there. Yeah. But people aren't always talking about that. People always talk about the bad and, oh, I had a horrible experience. Sure. I mean, it's like there the stories are a dime a dozen, but people talk about when they're hurt they're not talking about when things are good. Mm. So it's these types of situations that that we've had to help some people through and say, you know what? It's not worth sometimes sticking around. I mean, it's really verbal abusive. And then I'm like, I'll ask people like, do you read your horoscope? Like, just get the horoscope app. And sometimes that'll just give you the answer and the intuition if you don't want to make a decision. And it'll give yeah. you guidance on like what you really need to do. Like, I don't want to go all woo-woo, but it's like, you know, if you think things and you write them down and you put them up, that's why when people are trying to lose weight and they say, put a picture up of people that inspire you, you know, on your mm-hmm. mirror so you can see that every single day, put it on your refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And when we got involved with VR, virtual reality, and I was working with some, uh, a group of bariatric surgeons on how to use VR to get some of their patients because they had to lose weight before they could even go into surgery because they were so high risk that they couldn't go on an operating table to even have the operation yet. But I saw how virtual reality and then putting pictures up constantly as a reminder, like it psychologically does something to you. And there's a reason for that. So as a business owner, if you write it down, put it up, put pictures, do whatever you have to do to remind yourself on a day-to-day basis of where you're going. You don't buy a plane ticket and not know where the hell you're going. So why do you do it in your business? But no one teaches. (laughs) People are teaching it more and more now, but you know, 10 years ago, not a lot of people were talking about like, what's your goal? What's your destination? How to manifest that stuff. But the the more you manifest, the more you talk about it, the more positive you can be. Like things really do become a reality because you're Mm -hmm. training. I call it potty training your brain to be funny because we can all (laughs) relate to potty training in some form or fashion, even with pets. Um, But you've, you've got to think those things. And if you're around people that are not supporting that, guess what? It's going to be time to get you some new people around you. And, it, oh and that's okay. Absolutely. Okay. It is so true. Um, is there one thing that you can tell business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs out there, one piece of advice that you have just always kept with you that it's very important for people to know? The one thing for me, again, going all back to calendar blocking and time blocking, but I think I heard it from Gary V saying like, you may be effing busy, but are you busy doing the right things that are going to work towards your goal that you're passionate about? So for me, like I used to say yes to everything because I want to help everybody. I think I could help the world, but Mm. really going back to what you're writing down and what you want, what do you want to be known for? Like your legacy. And no one really asks me that and took couple years ago, and I'm like, I want to be known for helping people be present, period. And how do you be present? You stop the distractions. 
you learn how to get control of your time. You learn how to say no to the things. It's a no right now because that doesn't support my goals. Mm -hmm. And say yes to the right things that you actually want to do and the things that support your goals so that you can be present. Right. So that's my whole thing is like your time is priceless, your time is precious. You can never buy it back. And if you haven't lost a loved one yet to cancer or something else, like you really start to learn that. And sometimes it's too late. So just yeah. remember to be present. I love that. Thank you, Angela Prophet. This has been such a lovely conversation. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Love your podcast. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. Well, um, tell people how they can find you and everything will be in the, the links below, but just yeah. in case you're listening. The best place to start is go to gsdsecrets.com. GSD stands for Get Shit Done. And so there are some free videos there and downloads that people can take a look at and see how they can be more productive. So that's the best place to start. And then I'm on all the social platforms, Angela Profit, two Fs and two Ts. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I loved this so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at That Girl the Podcast.